Thank you so much for joining me on the Broad Place High Grade Living Podcast. My name is Jackie Lewis, and I'm a co-founder of the Broad Place, which is a school for greater consciousness, clarity, and creativity. These podcast interviews have been created to bring the philosophy of our book, High Grade Living, to life for you. I share the ways in which people bring their version of a high-grade life into being, exploring creativity and consciousness. Our aim is that you walk through the book and listen to this podcast and take all the pieces that are relevant to you to create something nurturing that can inspire and hold you for the future. The tools and exercises within the High Grade Living book and this podcast can be explored with as much broadness as you please. We've designed this not to be too prescriptive, but so that it becomes a baseboard for you to leap off to into your unique path to high-grade living. Your path to a high-grade life is a life aligned with your higher self and love. It's unique to you, and we hope to inspire you to seek that authenticity. I'm so pleased to introduce you to Amanda Talbot. Amanda is an internationally renowned authority on all things interiors, design, and style. Having consulted for brands from Ikea through to Louis Vuitton, she's had her work published in the likes of New York Times, Architectural Digest, Wallpaper and Vogue. She's also the ex-associate editor of British Elle Decoration and Home and the editor of Living Etc. She's a designer, authorist and futurist and in recent years she's witnessed a seismic shift in our thinking about design and the spaces we inhabit. And I also believe that seismic shift is contributed by her with her two books, Rethink the Way You Live and Happy, Creating Joyous Living Spaces Through Design. Both books, Aaron and I absolutely love and adore. And she's very much paving the way in which we uh, perceive, paving the way and altering the way we perceive the act of living. Her latest project, The Together Project, is a new and transparent curated ethical marketplace, which launched in mid-November 2020. And the mission for this brand is to become the world's leading transparent ethical shopping and lifestyle marketplace. And it's to inspire healthy, kind, green living and help us discover products, causes and services that are better for us and the world around us. Amanda really believes in the power of people and we've watched her over the years rally together people for these common causes of better living. And I really hope you enjoy this podcast with her. At the end of this, you're undoubtedly going to want to know more about Amanda and The Together Project. So head to www.thetogetherproject.co for more info. Thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good start. You've got whiskey in your little teacup. (laughs) Loosen up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me try that again. Thank you for joining me, Amanda. I'm going to read for um, just to kick us off a the very beginning of our chapter expanding your creativity from the high grade living book. Creativity is a life pursuit. It informs how we relate, converse, dress, prepare our food, work, make a home, travel, and live on every level. It extends well beyond painting, sculpting, and making music. Creativity is actually about living in an expansive way, being curious, and exploring new frontiers. We truly believe that every single person has the capacity to be creative. And so, Amanda, I wanted to ask you, as a formal creative, do you, and that someone that's also traveled the world, documenting creativity for such a long time in your books and obviously in your magazine career, and then taking all those resources and executing them into your creative projects as well, do you believe that everyone has the capacity to be creative? Oh, 100%. Like, from where I came from as a little kid, like um, I, 
uh, like I struggled like in art class, like, it, you know, anything I did, like never, you know, I was lucky to get a C kind of thing, like in all that kind of stuff. Like, so, um, but the thing that I found for myself personally, it's like you use the word curiosity and I think curiosity and persistence or determination are like two massive things I find with anybody who's successful in life to, to pursuing in anything, like absolutely anything. And I think, and being open as well, like you, you know, if you get someone saying something that's not great, it's like absorb it, listen to what they've got to say, but then do, do with that and then let it go and then keep going kind of thing and keep moving. I think too, one of the big things is that a lot of people like, the judgment's a massive part like people feel the judgment and or like what's everyone else doing or like like what are they going to think if I do it like this and I I found like personally in my career I try and shut all that noise out I actually will do I the people that I kind of follow like on social media and all that kind of stuff like you, you'll find very few people like in the design industry doing similar things that I follow like I literally much prefer you know following you about your creativity and like meditation and conscious living to to someone out in nature to someone in africa like saving elephants like to me that's what i get my juices from and then i just get on with what i want to do kind of thing oh i couldn't agree more i i really don't um i don't follow any meditation teachers uh anyone in self-development um aside from like you know a pema chodron for example someone like her that's just so enormous and gorgeous but i find it it's part of the creative process is ensuring that my ego doesn't get tapped on and woken up too much and aaron's the same he doesn't follow other creative directors you know, talk I was speaking to from Truck Furniture and he, he, he really doesn't have his eyes on what everyone else is doing in regards to furniture and product development because he sees it as a huge distraction from his own work. Is there anything? Thing, I know, Jax, just one mm. thing on that, just quickly. I don't want to like drop, like drag on it. I do think as a, if you're starting young in your career and creativity and stuff, it is good to absorb yourself in a community, like mm. to like, you know, learn the skills and take things and ideas and have those people with the same passion as you like to grab that. And I, I just think early on in my career, actually when I started in magazines, when I, like I went to different types of magazines and when I went into L decoration magazine, to me that almost was like my university degree. Like it was like, um, I was like surrounded by, you know, the best designers in the world. I was going to them. I was talking to them. I was interviewing them. I was going to the best houses in the world, like absorbing that from the architects, you know? So I, you know, and that's the curiosity part, but it is good to be in that network when you're starting out, like just to like bounce your ideas and all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, I might be saying like I'm contradicting myself, but then as you get older, you've got to release that and bring way more in as well. Like you can't just, if you just stay in that section for your whole life, then you're going to really limit yourself. I think in, in your creativity and career. And, and I think also there's a really, what you're saying is there's an important, like the discerning, what you described was an on the ground in person experience versus through the veil of social media. 
And I think that the oh, in-person okay. network um, is so, like I have obviously other teachers that I'm in constant contact with and we converse yeah. and talk, but I don't necessarily watch how they present on social media. I think it's a really important mm. distinction. It's the, it's the yeah. ability to know what's right and when it's right and then mm. and trust yourself in that process. I think that's really hard for anyone that is thinking laterally or thinking creatively is that trust process. And yeah. I don't, I, it's sort of, I don't know for you, I'd love to know this. Do you find that it's, it's honed and developed over years or do you find that you have to keep your ego in check a lot in regards to like self-doubt and, and fear and terror? I, I, I mean, I am the person of the biggest self-doubt. Like I always have, um, yeah, I always feel like I'm a bit of a fraud, I guess, you know, in sometimes and or a lot of the time, <laughs> probably more the majority of the time. And there's no reason why I think that it's just my, my, my mind thinking that. So, um, so actually I have to reverse the other way. I have to somehow try and give myself the, like, Hey girl, you actually, this is, this is good. Like, you, like celebrate things like, um, yeah, I, but yeah, I definitely think you do need to check in. I actually think you just got to keep growing. Like you just, as a person, you just need to keep growing and, you know, keep learning. And, and actually one of the things I've found with a lot of like people who I've worked with um, over the years is that they just don't have that full on drive of like, I, I'm like desperate for learning like I can't I, I, I gotta read books I've got like it gets exhausting but like that's my personality and and I find and I know you're the same and I find that anyone who is really truly passionate in what they're doing it's like you can't stop but you just and it's not like I need to know the technical of things but I just as a person I've got to keep growing mm. right so I don't need to keep, learn about design so much of like in the sense of like that's part of the process, but for me, it's the overall growing as a person. I need to know I'm getting better as a person, being a better person. And then I feel like then I somehow that then translates into my work. Well, I think it definitely translates into your work. And it's something that I don't know why they don't teach. Um, I don't know, you know, we both studied interior architecture and they certainly didn't teach me that, which was who you are as a person is going to inform who you are as a designer and a creative. And there's, I think also that, I mean, with the way the brain works is as soon as there's expansion in any area, so it's learning anything, you could literally learn to play the piano or how to, you know, learn how electricity is wired. Learning is learning and it then for, mm. therefore opens up the brain to other unique ways of wiring itself together. Mm. Do you find that, because you've been on a huge self-development path for the last couple of years, um, mm. one of enormous growth and enormous uh, curiosity and openness and heart, um, have you found that diving into learning deeply about yourself with absolutely no relation to who you are as a professional and a creative, but have you found mm. that it has informed you and your work on deeper levels? Oh, completely. I, I feel like I've like made, like, cause I've written a couple of books and I, f I feel like I've actually done a bit of a disservice because like, I've always kind of just focused on like design for the human design for the people, like person and like now it's just like, oh my God, like, no, it's like design for the planet, like design for the environment, design, that's how you serve people and how they are in space. Like if you can understand how a tree grows and the root system of a tree, 
my God, like translating that into spaces and places and how, um, you know, we can connect with each other. It, it totally just like creates a much more whole, whole, oh, what's the word? Like just a much more whole design, I guess, but it's like, or sensibilities and I just I've all, like I kind of always have sort of talked about nature and stuff in my books but not to the capacity of where I am now like it's like um like I know that wherever I move forward to now like it, anything I want to bring in or design or like I know it's got to be actually giving back to the earth and people rather than just consuming it and I never saw it that way like to the level I see it now do you think that's because you've become far more in touch with or connected to your own humanity and now humanity as a oh, whole is just so much more? 100%. Like, yeah. I, like I've learned that as an individual, I'm connected to, you know, it's not about me <laughs> and the individual and that I am, you know, connected to the universe and, and you know, it's like the butterfly effect. If I flap my hand that way, like, what, how does that, you know, affect my next door neighbour, the person beyond, the, the, the garden to the stars? And I know it sounds a bit wishy-washy, but it's not. And it's like it really um, has directed me hugely by growing in myself. And meditation obviously has played a massive role as well, like just in stopping. And, and that meditation and yoga has been amazing because it's kind of like um, it does ground you to start to stop and get out of your mind and 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 how that and then you become more aware of your surroundings which I think we all lose so much of yeah absolutely well, particularly when we're stressed we zero in so tight like our awareness comes in so like pointy and sharp and and focused as opposed to being broad and expansive and and particularly when we're trying to create a solution to a problem which with create like design that's all you're ever doing um then when the awareness is much more broader and it's interesting actually when you say you know because we always i do this as well i'm like oh it's a bit woo woo or like wishy-washy about this connectivity and this consciousness but the more you can engage with it, the more it informs everything. And I mean, science is just backing this up at all times. It's not even Completely. necessarily a wishy-washy thing. But if you mm. had, so just say someone was listening and they were already going like, okay, hang on. So everything's connected. Consciousness is one thing. You know, we've heard this, this being said before. For you, how that informs your creative processes. So whether it's through, you know, doing yoga and doing meditation and researching and understanding, is there anything that like, say from five years ago to now that you would say there's like one massive fundamental thing that shifted how it's informed, how you create? Oh, like, well, I mean, I'm built, building a whole business, like every cent I have in my life, I'm putting towards it now. So um, with the Together Project, it's like literally um, I just know like like we need to, I just know that I need to like be a part of this movement of like and bring as many people to it as possible in that um, supporting the planet and human. Like, you know, it can't be about us, but... We as in our individualism is actually that we can help make change in life and mm. and for others and for the, our futures and and it's like stepping out of yourself, I guess, in one sense, like in 
oh, I don't think I'm making sense, but it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of, it's changed everything, Jax. It's like literally I was so self-absorbed in my mind and my thing where my life was going. Like I was pulling myself apart like every day, just feeling not good enough, feeling really lost. And I think it's given me purpose actually. Like it's really by honing in, I've really found a purpose. Like yoga meditations allowed me to stop and think what, what is it that what's, what's getting me out of bed in the mornings? Like what, what's the thing that sparks me and gets me going? And, and I think that's for creativity just generally, if you're an accountant to the best artist, you know, on the planet painting, you know, like I just think, that if you've got that um passion and, and purpose then that brings the the best creativity in the world definitely understanding the why and aligning with your values yeah in a big yeah. way can i ask yeah. during as we're going through lockdown one of the things we mentioned in the book is uh discovering your own creative excursions which you know you and i've traveled together and done lots of exciting things i know we're both into um which is going to something left of center it might be even just perusing a bookstore or going to an art gallery or whatever that may be but getting inspiration from something that is not you know necessarily your industry and going and seeing someone else's creative output and then when you get to experience might be seeing a band and when you get to experience that it's like this filling up of the cup so that you feel more excited about the work that you do is there anything that during uh, COVID, because obviously we haven't been able to travel and do all the fun things, is there anything that you've been tapping into to fill yourself up creatively from an, like a, even if it's an excursion, but you have to do it maybe through your laptop, but is there anything that you would say, you know what, this has been a revolution? Uh, do, I, I think for me, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I, I see it creative. I don't know if other people will see it, but, I've just like got through COVID I did, I literally got obsessed with learning and I kind of actually the thing, you know what the thing came a really big point that happened to me this year. And then it really became strong. I was like, right, I'm going to conquer this. Like I came to this point where like, for instance, I always said I hated Pilates. Like I hate Pilates. Like, like I've tried it. I hate it. I hate it. And I just remember in January, it was just like, which was just before COVID, obviously, but it was like, I remember thinking, wait a sec, everyone I know loves it. Like the studio I'm at is like packed to capacity of people wanting to do Pilates. So something's going on here, like in my mind, like I've decided no. And it was like, and I said, you know what, I'm going to like invest a year down payment of something I hate. And the minute I decided to switch the thinking for that, like in Pilates, it's like, no, like I'm going to enjoy this. I actually, I love it. Like I am obsessed by it now. And, um, Are you doing it online part, at the moment? Uh, no, I go, I'm going, I go was doing it online, but I, I'm going back to the studio now. Awesome. But then, um, but so from that point, it was like, right. Whenever I say I can't do something or I hate it, I'm going to switch it. And so through COVID, that's exactly what I did. So I just joined all these courses, like of everything that I think I'm not good at. And I was like, I'm just going to dive in and give this a 
a good crack. Look, there's something that I still have got a bit of work to do, but it's like... Um, well, you mean you're not master of the universe already? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but but it was a really good thing. Like, for instance, like I hate finance. Anything that scared me, like mm. anything that's been like holding me back, I've just, I just went, you know what? I'm just going to jump on top of it. And that's what I use COVID for. It's like, I'm just going to jump on top of these things and get on top of it. And, mm. um, yeah, and it's been amazing. Well, did you also discover that. that the only thing that's stopping you from doing the thing is a self-limiting belief? Oh, yes. That is my 2020 revolution. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, yeah. um, yeah, like wherever we get to, like, if we end some at something, it's like, well, we've, we've made that decision. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or so someone told us of, that we weren't good at it or we we're uncomfortable at some really? stage. And now the brain's just gone, Oh, this doesn't feel good. You know, in Tibetan Buddhism, they call it, which I absolutely love. It's a recent learning. They call it adding wood to the fire. And it's deliberately placing yourselves in situations where you feel wildly uncomfortable and you disagree with what's happening and uh you play you add wood to the fire so you ensure so for example just say you hate being on like a train or you have a phobia Mm. or something you add wood to the fire so you challenge your mind it's basically teaching your mind to let go of basic like the you know you add so much wood to the fire that it sort of burns up the self-limiting belief that you may not like something or be good at it and so it sounds like you added like, a I, lot of work. I, I completely, life. no, like, so a hundred percent. So like, I don't know if this is like, anyway, it's not, I don't know if it's creativity, but I think it, it is interesting because it like literally did blow my mind. So, um, so I'll share it with you. <laughs> but like, so I just like had a corker of a tax debt that's been like just hanging over my head forever. And it's like, Right. Okay. Like, I'm gonna get on top of this. I'm gonna learn how to get through this. And honestly, Jack, like from the beginning of COVID to now, obviously I'm not travelling and stuff. That's so probably got a big part to do with it. But um, the thing is, is that I'm I'm 100% debt free right now. And so every time I was like making payments or I was getting a bill, I was writing that every time. So rather feeling like like this was going to be the worst thing that I'm letting go of more money and here I go, like thinking I'm just going to get more debt. Like this is like, like I can't let go of it. I, every time I like was like, okay, get on top of it, send it. I write, I, this is an investment and I'm going to like, you know, get tenfold more money by um, not being scared by this. And, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm debt free and I amazing. haven't been for a long time. <laughs> so it is amazing. And it took a willingness, I imagine, to do the work. And even though it's uncomfortable, and it's horrible because I went through the, exactly as you're describing, I had a tax thing that hung over me for years, refused to address it. But every single thing around money became, it was like sticky. It was everything yeah. like was burdened by, it's like a dark mist that fell over everything. Everything would become yeah. damp and sticky with this over like looming debt until I just actually walked through the motions. 
of doing it. And I don't think this is unique. I think we do this all the time. We have like yeah. something burdening us in a relationship or at work or, and it's just avoidance of the uncomfortable. Mm. And if we can frame it up as, okay, if I add wood to the fire, I will burn through this process. And then, yeah. and then the freedom that you gain and also the empowerment from, Oh my God, I conquered the thing. And now, yeah. and it wires into us this insane thirst to then don't you find you just want to do more and more. You're like, I'm going to conquer all the things. <laughs> Well, that's what I said. That's what I've been doing. Like, that's like, what exactly? <laughs> so it was like 100%. So that's exactly what my COVID was all about. It was like doing all, like people going, oh, what are you studying? And they're like, like thinking, oh, like architecture or like something. I'd be like, oh, like 101 of like Zero. how to build a sustainable <laughs> business or something. Like it would be like, you know, awesome. really sexy stuff. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, but again, it's like talking, coming back to the creativity part, that stuff like bogs you down and that becomes your focus. And, and so you're thinking about that or, you know, rather than trying to focus just on life and curiosity and creativity and to have that freedom is like amazing for creativity because you're not getting distracted and being pulled all the time. And, you know, to me, that's magic. And it's one of the, the key thing, like if there was one thing that I wanted, I would love people to walk away from reading the book is understanding that in order to be aligned with their higher selves, to live a high grade life, it's not actually a process of acquiring more, chasing more. It's not an acquisition strategy. It's actually doing the audit and then editing. So it's like getting out of the way, the stuff that blocks us from our higher selves. So your high, our higher selves are already here. They're already present. It's not somewhere else. We're not like going to travel to our higher grade selves and our higher grade lives. It's here, but it's muddied up, you know, with all this stuff. And so we're in the editing process, which is exactly what you just described. It's like, okay, getting these things off the table and all of a sudden, oh, like the breath, the, you know, that we can breathe out and we feel more creative and joyful. And then it attracts more mm. of that. And then we just keep refining over time. But there's sometimes some heavy, heavy lifting to do in the beginning in areas of our lives. But then over time, it's just this constant gentle refinement. And the refinement, the auditing and refining and the auditing and refining is actually some of the most beautiful creative work we'll ever do because we're not running away from ourselves, which is, mm. I think, and, and I think COVID's also forced us to keep still. So physically, oh, totally. and so in that discomfort of physically keeping still, you know, we can't rush around and, mm. um, then we're also having to reconcile all of this. Can I read a little mm. something to you? Because I'd love to get your thoughts on this. There's a Zen yeah. term Is this from the book? It is from the book. There's a Zen term called uh, Zengo Saidan, which is a Zen expression that means placing all your efforts into each day so that you have no regrets and no need to grieve or worry about what is in the past. It's about having nothing weighing upon you, taking responsibility and being proactive. And when we apply ourselves expansively and creatively to each task, the day feels full and real and not like the runaway train that we can never catch up to. And I, I just became obsessed with this term because in Zen, they, they discuss this a lot. It's being unbelievably present. And, you know, when you wash the, wash the mugs, wash the mugs. When you light the fire, light the fire. When you meditate, meditate, shower, shower. Mm. And I think for us in the modern world, it's like when you email, email. <laughs> when you check social media, check social media. Not email and check social media and maybe watch Netflix and have a conversation with a friend. It's like, just do the one thing that you do well so that at the end of the day, you, uh, this is a full and complete life. Have you noticed mm. that you've shifted? I mean, I've noticed in you, but this shift towards far more presence and 
like there's a there's a richness to the days for you i've noticed it for you i've noticed your curiosity is obviously opened up to new levels but also there's this different newer quality you know where you're like really there have you noticed it is there anything that you can comment on about that yeah i kind of like well actually it wasn't just through covid again through this journey of, of i don't know free self-discovery or whatever it was um i i'd never realized um that i always thought i was this incredibly positive person like my outside of life and i just thought I, yeah, like, I was always like the optimist. And then I was reading something and I know everybody else probably knows this, but I, I never knew, like I, so I read something and it was talking about the inner voice and I never actually heard the inner voice. But so then the minute I became aware of the inner voice, I suddenly was hearing this high negativity, like destruction almost kind of conversations. Like, and it was like, it totally shook me. Like it really, really shook me because I'd never, ever heard, heard that. But obviously it's always been there. And so the minute I became aware, I think awareness to me is everything. So the minute awareness and acceptance is everything. So the minute I became aware of what was going on and accepting <laughs> actually what, who I really am, not who I sonified myself to be at that moment was um I was able to sort of then re I kind of oh I lost my track but I kind of just realized that we create our own stories and so um so when I started to hear this like it was like oh shut up like I turned like shut that down like and I'd stop myself so talking about the presence and being aware like I realized I had to like, every time I'd hear this voice, I had almost, I would say out loud sometimes, like people in the department seeing I was crazy. I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so, but then I felt like then I was, I realized once that we're the ones creating our own stories and it's actually, my story is very different to your story. Our whole experience right now, right? We're seeing mm -hmm. it completely, you know, if you went away to Aaron and told you what happened and I went to a person who I'm having dinner with tonight like, and told them about my experience, it's probably very different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're telling very different stories or highlights of it. And so the minute I became aware of that, I kind of then realized then just focus in like on that person. I, I can only enjoy it to the best I can. I can only like, I can only, um, give my best to you and that's part of the you know being best self and growing more every day and take that experience and just be me and, and never feel upset or disappointed by somebody else because you know I kind of know that it's just different for you. you you could have stuff going on in your life that's so different to me right now you could you know you'd be really stressed out getting here or whatever and I, and me may just come in eased in with a cup of coffee you know it's so different so um so then coming back to the pre that being present in the moment kind of thing that's kind of what really helped me i think to like suddenly just really pinpoint in like just like enjoy this minute and then go away one of the things i really loved about covid for me was because we were locked in and but in obviously australia we were allowed to go out a bit more i would um i my my local park was just crammed with people so i would drive out a little bit 
to quite a spot that was on the harbour and there was like loads of trees and like I could climb rocks down by the water and stuff like that and and that and to me it really made me realize how special nature is and how I mean I always know that I'm a girl who loves the outdoors but I think because we were kind of you know refined in space and and I live by myself too so it wasn't like I, I didn't have family or friends to talk to at home so to me getting out to nature was just like my life savior and um and again just bringing me back to the moment and just really enjoying that was beautiful for me that was my highlight of that that time for me yeah and a reacquaintance with it as well because when we're rushing around completely oh we know we should do it and we should go to the park and you know all the things and then we just get to uh, it just kind of I don't know I can't explain it It just kind of took because yeah I've all like I'd love the outdoors but it was just like it really um I felt more awakened with it like Mm. through that time and um and also in that time it was like like I've realized I really like my next thing to work on is to really I want to be more adventurous in nature as well like I feel like as I've got older I've kind of stepped you know playing is a big thing and I think as you get older you 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 don't play as much like and so I, I realize that actually I need to do more adventure in nature. I don't know if I'm going to do rock climbing or watch this space people. <laughs> Anything's possible right now. See, I said, I don't think rock climbing. I'll be up a rock next week. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. Um, actually, because we've been talking just for any, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, Oh God, you know, like I hadn't occurred, it hadn't occurred to me that I'm not my thoughts or that there is an internal voice or, what, what, if there's one or two, or you can say as many as you like, I know you and I are both, both, both voracious readers. What are some books yeah. that you'd go, if you're starting out on this journey, what would you recommend um, in regards to like the big aha moments for you in regards to books? So, well, one that actually a couple you gave me were like, um, <laughs> well, like told me to read were some pretty great ones. In fact, it's here. Oh, Lizek. <laughs> Make the impossible possible. Making the impossible possible. Yes, by Bill Strickland, the best. That I'm still re- recommending one. that book. <laughs> yeah, like that was amazing for me. But then, actually, there's another one. I can't think what the name of it is, but it was a Japanese guy who talked about um, water. He he was a researcher. I think it was like the message of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll get. I'll get his exact spelling because I can't pronounce his name. Um, yeah, properly. and that yeah. was that was amazing because it kind of um, really that was an aha moment because it was he his science is was showing under crystal like with crystals through our emotions the water reacted to it and it blows your mind when it's a, such a little book but the imagery of it is like, oh my God, like this is insane. And I think that was a moment where it's like, we are so connected to the planet. Like we really are like, you know, we're an atom, that water's an atom. And obviously it's got to, you know, relate in ways and and communicate with each other. And that was, that was amazing. Um, 
something Emoto is his name. I, I did, I went yeah. to, it was about 20 years ago when we were invited to this big wine tasting. It was in Marrickville in Sydney and um, very of the moment uh, in the late, you know, like 90s. <laughs> Um, uh, early 2000 and it was basically these winemakers had gotten together with musicians and friends and had these three huge wine casks like massive you know and uh, barrels um, and they one of them they were all in isolation and one of them they would like hug and they would like the wine cut like the big barrel they would hug it and they would tell it they loved it and they played all this beautiful music and they all held hands around it and then another one I can't remember now it's I'm being robbed of what the second one was, but the third one was anger. So they played like death metal, angry music. They swore at it. They would like yell at it. If one of them was in a foul mood, they had to go and spend time with it, um, with this particular wine barrel. And then we taste, I can't remember what the middle one was, but we went and tasted them. It was a blind tasting. So we would go and you could, the one that was the anger one, you knew you didn't even need to do a blind tasting. It was undrinkable. It was basically rancid. It was so disgusting. And the one that was love was beautiful. And it was all the same wine, but it had been treated and exposed to different emotions. Beautiful. I love that. It was that. so cool. It really challenged me yeah. about what, well, and it also got me thinking, all right, so if our thoughts have the ability to change and our, our response have the, have the ability, has the ability to change the wine in that barrel, then what's the way in which I'm thinking about my own nervous system, my own body? What is that doing to my own body? Um, and well, that's about a lot water. Of, yeah, it could a lot of negative like, self-talk. How much, how much are we of water? Like, is it like yeah, 90% or something? Like we're, <laughs> like, we're a lot of water. So it's like, that was pretty amazing. And like, so it's like one ourselves, and also your reactions and, and when you see the cells of the water like you know what are you doing to the person opposite you and around you like um actually a couple of other books that were big ones for me jack and another one that you gave told me to read which i read through africa i had a breakdown reading that book like in the sense that but it all was like for the best possible way but that to me was like my big big moment like was untethered soul that oh was, yeah by michael a singer yeah that one like is that I the book know. where he did is that the one that where you realized that the inner voice was that the book when you were describing this that, yeah yeah this recognition yeah, that, that, that there is was like a, a massive one mm. actually yeah, that was massive and i just i just know like um absorbing that digesting that it it was really hard for me at that time like um it probably didn't help that I was in Kigali and Rwanda, which was like such an awful, I mean, it was an amazing place, but also like the tragedy that was so full on. But, um, and then the other really big one was huge for me was Victor, Victor Frankl book. I can't remember what the title is, but you know, and search for me. Um, is it when he talks about his constant, like in the concentration camp? Yeah, that's um, it. It's so intense. I did, I started and had to put it down and then come back to it and put it down. I found it. There was that, there's that part in there, which never occurred to me where he says that the people that got through that process weren't necessarily a representation of the best people that were there because the sorts of things that you had to do in order to survive, mm-hmm. like it's something he's not proud of, but it's something that, you know, you really, and it just, it rocked me. It made me feel this, unbelievable compassion for and and it stripped me of my judgment that I didn't even subconsciously realize I had for anyone going through tragedy and turmoil which was like I wouldn't do that it's like you don't know that girlfriend until you're in that situation like you know you, yeah. we have no idea of what we're capable of if for better or for worse until we're placed in that situation 
100%. But, and for me, what I got out of with Victor Frankl too was a massive part, again, was that it's our decision if mm-hmm. we want to be a victim or if we want to take our mess and turn it into meaning. And that, to me, was everything. Like, that changed everything in my life. Like, anything that I went through, with some, some of the stuff like growing up, you know, it was so crazy. And so it's like... Like to read that and get that mindset of thinking was like changed everything for me in so many ways. So they they were definitely amazing books. And the Hidden Life of Trees was a good one, but that wasn't about hearing the other voices and <laughs> stuff. That was just I just love powerful, that book. beautiful book. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know I we could talk for much, much longer. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for you for sharing all that. And there's so much juice in there. And maybe the, the next title of your book is From Mess to Meaning, which is so how you just described maybe. the Victor Frankl one. It's so, so good. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jack. I'm so excited to read your book. So um, thanks for the opportunity to do this with you. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for listening to the Broadplay's High Grade Living Podcast. For more information on our interviewee, please see the show notes. For more information on the Broadplay's, visit www.thebroadplay's.com or hit us up on Instagram at thebroadplay's. Our book, High Grade Living, can be purchased globally online or please ask any of your favourite book retailers to get your hands on a copy. Please remember we also have a free 30-day calendar that goes with the High Grade Living book that you can jump on and download for free from our website within the classroom. This will help you action and bring to life everything that's featured within the book. Best of luck.